0: Fresh Air Production. Hi, and welcome to Fresh Ears. I'm Neil Cowling, the founder of Fresh Air Production. We make podcasts for brands large and small, and in this series, we speak to our producers and clients to dissect the work we've done in the hope that it's useful to other people who are looking to create a podcast series for their brand. And clients don't come much bigger than National Grid, the organisation responsible for distributing gas and electricity across the UK and parts of North America. Their podcast series is called The Clean Energy Revolution, and series one is hosted by Helen Skelton. We explore the huge schemes and innovations that will help us all move towards clean and renewable energy systems with the aim of achieving net zero by 2050. If
1: you're thinking about getting a car, the next thing you should do is get an EV. And that's a huge chunk of your own carbon emissions gone. In about five or ten years' time, people will start talking a lot more about low-carbon heating and zero-carbon heating. And when they do that, you should choose a low-carbon heating system. And if you did those things, then we will get to zero-carbon, we will fight climate change.
0: So why would National Grid create a podcast? Joining me to talk this through is Mark Goss, the Group Brand Manager of National Grid. And our very own Catherine Kerr, senior producer here at Fresh Air, who's been running the podcast production. Hi, both of you. Hello. Hello. So, Mark, let's go from the top. National Grid is an organisation that I think we all know of, and we probably know broadly what National Grid does, if not exactly what National Grid does. So why would an organisation like National Grid decide to make a podcast? What were you trying to achieve with it?
1: Uh, Well, I think there's probably a number of reasons, but um, a a lot of it comes down to wanting to engage a a wider audience, both the general public and our more specific stakeholder groups, which are, you know, industry, uh, regulatory, people that are interested in energy and climate change and and the impacts of climate change.
0: I say we all probably think we know roughly what National Grid does, but is there a a communications challenge that, most people actually in real life don't know what National Grid do or don't know the full extent of what you do?
1: Well, I think most people know that National Grid is something to do with um, electricity and um, you a know, number of people, something to do with gas that, that, that we're involved somewhere, both in the UK and the Northeast US where, where we operate. But what they don't necessarily know is that we are um, a you know, company that has a very specific role transmitting the energy from where it's generated to the distribution companies that then send it into homes and businesses but also I guess um, National Grid has got quite a, a, a big role in actually making a clean energy fu- future happen because we need to you know take all the clean energy and take that to, to where it's going to be used in future as well.
0: Why did you think that a podcast would be a useful way of communicating what you do um
1: well we we've, we've got um a, an objective to get to a, a wider set of audiences um, and both the general public and people that are particularly interested in the the role that energy plays in helping to tackle climate change you know, creating um, clean energy so we were quite keen to try different channels to to reach the audience and it's a really good chance to have a slightly more you know sort of relaxed conversation with quite a wide range of people with different views and interests about some of the key subjects around climate change and energy's role in in tackling climate change that that we want to get to a wider audience.
0: And Catherine you've been working with Fresh Air for a long time now we've been working together for a, a very long time why did this appeal to you?
2: Well I suppose in addition to sort of culture and history I do a lot of um, projects and programs around sustainability and the environment and the natural world. And that's a strong interest of mine personally. However, (laughs) when you start to look at sort of science and technology, there was a natural coming together of all of those things under the National Grid banner as we started to talk about it. So you had stories of technical innovation and really great engineering. You had human stories and um, stories about job opportunities. You had stories about working with natural resources and natural environments. And the energy story actually connects all of those things. So it was actually a, a really great match in terms of my personal interests and in terms of bringing together some really interesting subject strands that have some really diverse audiences, as Mark suggested there
0: it's a big old topic isn't it national grid's obviously an enormous organization sustainability full stop is a massive topic how much did you have to learn about the organization before you could start making a podcast for them
2: (laughs) Oh, it took me a long time to get my head around it because, yeah, as you say, there's an enormous remit there. The responsibility and actual kind of the role National Grid plays is very much as an enabler of many of these different things coming together. I mean, the course the course of the series was gradually to layer up information to a listener who may have an interest in science, tech, environment, energy, politics, all of those things, but not have a specific knowledge of how energy plays a role in that story, in that mix. And so uh, we started with the basics, really. National Grid were amazingly generous with their time. They've, they're a big organisation with some very busy and very important staff. But actually, the top dogs made time to share information and, and make sure that I understood it from a very you know pedestrian starting point as well. Very much taking the viewpoint that we want to not leave a stone unturned in terms of how we explain these ideas. And we started with a very clear brief of leading up to COP26. We wanted to focus on these four main goals that National Grid was going to talk about there as well, that were going to be important on the the national stage and the international stage. And in conversations at COP, those were transport um, and the role of energy in transport and providing energy to future transport. They were hydrogen as a concept that we wanted to explore which I knew absolutely nothing about (laughs) and uh, offshore energy and the development of these these hubs and clusters and homes and making homes green and heating in particular. In my head, I was coming at it from a very much consumer perspective. National Grid are the people that kind of make all that stuff happen for us so we can make a cup of tea in the ad break of something or at the end of EastEnders or whatever it was a huge challenge to get the head round all the different concepts and the responsibilities of this international organization because obviously grid operates in the northeast United States as well but it was amazing fun and completely interesting and I felt very privileged for the amount of time that was put into actually educating me so that I could then go and um turn those subjects into stories.
0: And Mark, Catherine touched on it there, but who's the listener in your head? Who do you visualise when you think about who would listen to a podcast like this?
1: I think it's really um, anyone who's interested in finding out a little bit more about, not so much how the energy system works, but how the you know, energy system needs to play a very large role in tackling climate change and reduce our dependency on fossil fuels and the fact that it's it's not just a future distant or 2050 thing it's we're already quite sort of well advanced on that particularly in in the uk with the amount of um sort of offshore wind and, and and other sort of zero carbon energies that we're connecting and that it's um you know a huge area that impacts all our sort of day-to-day lives as Catherine said you know when you sort of turn the kettle on you know during what used to be peak tv campaigns I guess now they're ongoing sort of streaming services and things but it's how all that happens you know instantly and reliably and the fact that we we, we need to make sure that it's um, it's using clean energy sources in, increasingly in future
0: and so we went in with a well-known presenter Helen Skelton can we talk for a moment about the choice of presenter and the process that we went through to choose her because that's a very public facing person isn't it that's a that's a presenter who's clearly been brought in to try and reach a wider audience why was why was she a good choice
1: um well i think she was an excellent choice uh, because she obviously had a a good public profile but she was someone who had quite a good ability to question things um, on behalf of the audience in fairly understandable and day-to-day language. We've got an awful lot of technical capability and experts who can talk about that uh, and it's really good to have a presenter who's grounded and and able to you know ask questions in a straightforward manner and um, you know query those answers a little bit if if, if they need to be you know either further explained or just made a little bit more accessible.
0: We often talk as well You've got the external audience, but we often talk with a large organisation like yours, an element of internal education, internal audience as well, because you've got to encourage colleagues to take part, haven't you, and contribute their own stories and get involved. How did you go about doing that internal education piece to try and make sure that there was buy-in across national grid internally
1: well i think that's a, a really important aspect of it and, and a, a good question i mean my colleagues in the internal communications teams they are already switched on to finding as many and the, the best ways as possible of engaging colleagues and sharing colleagues stories around you know the work of national grid and it is an organization where most people i've come across have got a genuine passion for for what they do and belief in in what we do internal comms they didn't have any problems in finding people who were you know willing to talk about their role in this and and similarly in terms of finding people that could contribute to the podcast there's sort of no shortage of people who are quite willing to to give up time and explain a little bit more about what their role is in the picture of what we do and how that fits with the different subjects that we were covering in the podcasts. From um, a sort of listener point of view we got quite a high level of almost immediate engagement when we started to put the podcasts out. We uh, had, you know, one of our members of staff who did a critique of them, and that was published um, along with the podcasts when, when they went out. And we, we got a lot of take-up and feedback from colleagues across the business, UK and US, gas and electricity, you know, more as so soon, soon as each podcast episode went out.
0: One of the main things, I guess, that happened across Series 1 as it progressed is that energy became a hotter topic as it went through, that, you know, it became something that was higher up the news agenda, higher up the political agenda. How did that change your approach? Did it impact the stories you chose to tell? Is it going to change how you look towards Series 2?
1: Well, I think when we were making the series, the conversation was very much um, turning to COP26 and fears over climate change. So that probably reinforced rather than change the agenda I mean a lot has happened since then in terms of energy security and costs so I guess had we been making this series you know a few months or even a few weeks later then we, we might have adapted it a little bit to reflect um, you know more of what's happening in the industry at the moment but you know the fact is that the moving to cleaner sustainable energy is, is almost become more important than ever even if there's some very sort of big immediate challenges so I think we would have always made the series in the same way, but probably just address some of the more topical reasons that 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 have since come up.
2: We did have this kind of discussion at the start, didn't we? When we were about to kick off production, we we had about a four month period of development where we did discuss uh, approaches for Matt presenter in quite a great amount of detail before we actually initiated and. The thing that was useful about that in the end was that we were producing things quite close to current events. So we were able to be a little bit more reactive in terms of reflecting documents that the government, I mean, there were two big documents the government put out last year that our episodes really bounced off. And uh, if we had gone ahead and produced them ahead of time, we wouldn't have been able to reflect those in terms of transport and the heating and building strategies. So actually, it did work quite in our favour to be um, working quite close to the line on some episodes as we were.
1: (laughs) It was around some of those big announcements that, you know, very much um, sort of impacted or reinforced the clean energy agenda that that we already had.
2: Yeah. And again, just playing into the public perception, they're hearing about these things in the news. It's really much more useful for them to have a podcast that pops up on the topic then rather than (laughs) three months out or something.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Because we talk about podcasting as a place where you can do in-depth topics and you can go with a nuance that's difficult to do in in news media for instance and you can spend more time thinking about things but still these issues are so huge you know the 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 future of the energy system is such an enormous topic Catherine as a storyteller what's the how do you break that down is it about finding people that you speak to that give it a human edge is it about breaking the stories down into smaller chunks how do you go about that
2: We started with a rough approach of wanting to look at each topic on three tiers. The big top level being the global impact of how such and such issue was relating to climate change and carbon emissions, greenhouse gases, all that. The middle bit being what we do as nations, as countries, as businesses, with technology. And then the closest level being the human story. Although it can be a challenge, that can be the most challenging thing to find individuals who can speak from personal experiences. There are people who are willing to speak to us who are working in the space. Say, look at heating, for example. We spoke to a heating engineer who's made a YouTube channel just out of all the questions he gets asked, who could talk to us about the questions customers are asking every day when they're making decisions about what to install in their homes and um, actually debunk some of the myths and provide information that's really useful to everyday people. So kind of having that human approach to it, that's the way we wanted to tell the story. And, and
0: Mark, that must be a challenge you face all the time when what you do is so complex. Does does the podcast perform a, a unique role now in your sort of comms armory at National Grid? Where, where does it fit into the, the suite of tools that you have? I think it
1: fits in um, really well. I mean, in terms of suite of tools, we've, you know, from an organisation that probably wasn't, is is very, very well known amongst the public, but it, actually what we do in, in, in any level of detail is probably less known. You know, we're looking at a range of things around um, social video events and, and podcasts fits really, really well into that. So for you know events obviously we can talk a little bit more on the ground with specific communities or groups about you know what we do and how it impacts them whether that be around construction projects or 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 just more general engagement for for social it's around trying to you know engage people with very short snappy attention grabbing headlines that will hopefully draw them into to to want to find out more whereas podcast is that time to spend you know, uh, 25, 30, 35 minutes or whatever, going into a subject in a little bit more relaxed and, and engaging way. And I think it, it it allows us to take a serious subject with a bit more time in a little bit more detail, but still being able to explain it in a way that matters either to that, you know, industry expert to the people that they're working with or ultimately to the to, to the end customer and, and, and all the people, all of us that use um, energy every day.
2: When we told the story, uh, we took a number of approaches to that as well within the podcast format, so um, we did have kind of radio style interviews where Helen as a journalist and a a really talented presenter did interview people directly and ask the questions that people had emotions around and um, people had questions around and um, fears around. So that was a very good way of kind of, again, bringing it back to those touch points. But yeah, at at the same time, we also wanted to take the story out of the studio. So we tried to feature case studies, whether it was on location In a factory making a rotating stabilizer, have a listen if you want to know what that is, or um, in a peat bog in in Wales, um, places like that, or in Sheffield city centre where they'd done a regeneration program that integrated drainage and all this stuff. So, like our gradual progression through through the series was to present the listener with these concepts and then to build upon them, so that really naturally by the time we got to the tenth episode, things were starting to make connections we're starting to make connections and see how everything integrates and you know the energy isn't just this thing that sits irrespective of everything else it underpins all of daily life from the way we travel the way we heat our homes our businesses and so on and so forth yeah and I think that's something that we really want to build on in series two isn't it Mark because we're starting to revisit some of these concepts in light of what has changed in the public consciousness over the past very busy year in terms of energy and news events and changing geopolitical circumstances as well.
0: And so we're moving on to series two now and and the the format is changing slightly. The focus is changing slightly. Are you able to talk a bit about how this programme is evolving?
1: To Catherine's point, I mean, you know, series one was all about introducing some pretty big subjects and the specific areas where we're you know, active in in, in moving towards um, clean energy, both sort of UK and, and US, if, if not global, whereas Sirius too, there's a real, you know, opportunity to dive into probably more about how the specifics are um, impacting certain groups of people, certain communities. Obviously a, a lot's happened in a year and there's a huge agenda now that we, we already had in mind about what fairness means um in in energy and affordability you know as well as the you know ambition around making sure that that kind of works for everyone in in the, the the way that the the power system has been constructed already to serve the whole country
2: and i suppose the additional question is now here in the uk the government's released its energy security strategy and i suppose the question is now how we can have a secure energy future as a, you know as as nations and yet make it a green and clean one on the same kind of trajectory that we all agreed with the Paris Agreement.
0: So there's still plenty to talk about is what you're getting at. Yeah I
1: think there's an awful awful lot to talk about Um, uh, you know lots change in a year but the fundamentals are are still there there's a a huge demand for uh, clean and renewable energy and and that can help solve you know a, a, a number of issues beyond the the important climate change ones.
0: So Mark just wrapping up what have you learnt across this process I don't think you'd ever made a podcast before. You're about to go into series two. Uh, what have you learned? What would you pass on to other people who are looking to do something similar?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, one one of the challenges is obviously the logistics of getting the, the speakers all to, to together at the uh, the right time. But in, in practice, it's worth the little bit of extra effort that might be involved in that because there's never been an issue with speakers um, having to be persuaded to take part. There's always been plenty of volunteers internally and externally it's more just the the extra bit of logistics to make sure that they're not all on holiday at the same time and you, 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 we we've got them all you know prepped a little bit for what we want to talk about without trying to put words into their mouth and um you, you know sticking to quite a, a rigid time scale so that the listeners know when to expect the next episode
0: yeah regularity and frequencies yeah something we bang on about a lot Catherine, i know it's a series you're very proud of what what are your thoughts as you go into series two
2: well the things i've really took away from this experience sort of personally and professionally was that um at a time of climate grief climate pessimism fear and uh, some pretty heavy world stuff going on speaking to people at national grid made me realize there really are solutions out there for the problems that people are facing and there really are solutions to The questions we have as a world, or at least there are people working on them at the moment. And that's a really lovely thing to take away from the experience, both, you know, as a producer and as a listener, I'm sure as well. So definitely something we'd like to take forward with series two is this journalistic and balanced approach to issues, similar to National Grid being kind of the enabler of all this stuff getting done. They're the people, they're the good guys who are rolling up their sleeves and making making all these pledges happen and bringing together the technologies. I think it would be nice uh, to be the enabler of knowledge. I don't know if you agree, Mark, but the enabler of knowledge and understanding and perhaps a bit of hope in the public going forwards that solutions are on their way if they're not there already. And it's just making, you know, bringing a lot of different moving parts together to make it happen. Yeah,
1: I'd agree. I think that's really important because when we were going into um, COP26 as one of the sort of principal partners or sponsors, we, we were really keen to concentrate on what is already happening and what big things need to happen to bring clean energy to everyone, knowing that, you know, a lot of people have real concerns around climate change, but there is actually an awful lot going on to tackle that already. And that's not to say that these aren't, you know, huge issues for society and everyone but you know to provide some reassurance that there there, there is a lot happening already i mean britain is regularly powered by over 50 percent wind already in the in in the last two or three years so we're already quite a long way down that route and um I, i think the other thing to say is um you know for national grid it is really important that we get to a wider audience so that people who ultimately pay their gas and electricity bills have got a little bit of an idea of what what's happening in the infrastructure that 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 supports that
0: well hopefully we are doing our bit thank you very much that's the clean energy revolution from national grid thank you both Uh, that's mark goss the group brand manager from national grid and Catherine kerr our senior producer here at fresh air And if you'd like to find out how Fresh Air can make a branded podcast for you, you can find us at freshairproduction.co.uk. In the meantime, I'm Neil Cowling. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Fresh